you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Rescuers? Oh, thank God. See? I told you somebody would come to investigate that signal. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. What's up, everybody? And this is episode number 12. Uh, uh, Today we are going to talk about side quests. All the stuff that we have been ignoring as we have barreled our way through the universe and the galaxy. And... uh, we got through Vermeer. We fi- figured we needed a little bit of a lighter topic, so let's just kind of wander around, meander, do that kind yeah, of stuff. It's one thing, actually, before we get into this, I was listening to a lot of other podcasts, and they were talking about the Mass Effect. Like, apparently, a lot of them like skipped one because they did not like doing the exploration, doing the uh, side quest in this one. They all did like they're like skip one, do the comic, play two and three, and I'm like, but what? I have, yeah. So, okay, uh, this is a great time to talk about this. I, um, I mean, it's a sort of an observation and a question for you both. So I, I really enjoy the planetary exploration in, in specifically Mass Effect 1 and 2. In 3, I find it kind of stressful because you have the Reapers and like they chase you around and it's really annoying. Um, but in 1 and 2, you just you go to, you know, star systems and you go into orbit now planet and you read about all oh, the planets have like these nice you know i mean some of them are very basic descriptions but they have you know dozens and dozens of planets with these some of them very detailed really fascinating descriptions about you know why this planet is or isn't interesting to the galactic community and, and outlying features and all that and you have this like very chill music that you know you can just kind of like mellow out to and uh, I, I've always really enjoyed that. Um, and since they fixed the Mako in, in one, I, well, they didn't fix it, but they made it a lot better. I've, I really had a renewed enjoyment of just driving around a planet, you know, and, and kind of looking at stuff. So thinking about that, I, when I redid my Mass Effect one playthrough, I did like all of the side quests after, I think I did Ferris and Novaria. And then I was just like, I'm doing all the side quests I can, like all of the exploration stuff uh, in one big bundle. Cause it just, it was just a nice, like couple evenings or three evenings of, of sitting down, grabbing the Xbox controller and, and just chilling out. So how did y'all like, do, do you break up your side quests or do you kind of uh, try and knock them all out together? Well, I know for myself personally, I, I also enjoy going to the planets, enjoying the re- reading the actual descriptions of each of the worlds and seeing what's going on before I get to a planet, especially if I'm about to land on it. I think one of them's like only like certain types of like a certain like a special grass can survive the planet because everything else it was too harsh for it to survive. And uh, like one of the side quests is like we got to go to that's a planet that's like no one's supposed to be on there because they want the planet to actually produce life. And they don't want like vehicles, planet things like causing destruction to it. So it's like it's forbidden to be on here. I'm here, so I hope I'm not getting in trouble. 
Yeah, Spectre. Yeah, well, it's true. I won't get in trouble because of a Spectre. If it's forbidden to be on there, who's going to be there to stop you? Fair. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's like, I I always try to do as many side quests as I can do that are available and try to go through and look at everything. And then once that's done, go back to the main story. Most games, I'm like, side quest, side quest. Main story's like, hey, do you want to come back to me? I'm like, hold on, buddy. There's a side quest over here. I'll get to you later. What about you, Nick? I did all my side quests right before Vermeer. I figured, you know, like everything kind of changes at Vermeer. That's when you're really on the path to the end and you're, you're going to want to push it. So I was, I was like, let me do as much as I can to get all that done. And the annoying thing was every, like, I'd have like one or two quests left and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to Vermeer finally. And then like, uh, hack it would radio me leaving another planet and i'm like oh come on but <laughs> but uh other than that i mean it was nice like you said chip it, you know you, you spend your time going through everything and and as far as the the planetary exploration goes i mean for, for the first one i don't mind it because you just you know just click on the planet you know does it have the button to land there no did you get something yes no maybe whatever okay and move on like it's very straightforward uh, you know, I usually, anytime I entered a system, I was always like, let me go to my destination last, assuming I could tell which cluster was my last destination. But it was always, you know, start with the outermost planet, work my way in and just boom, 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 see what's there. And then, okay, now I can go land and do what I need to do. Oh. I'll admit I was not as good about reading the the text as I could have been. Um, that said, I like the, and I guess we'll talk more about this when we get to Mass Effect 2. I prefer the, uh, the little scanner tool in Mass Effect 2. Only at the beginning, like it's fun the first few times and you're, you know, and then after a while you're like, okay, you know, I kind of missed the first one where I could just go up. Oh, there's nothing here and just move on with my day. So yeah, I may have had way too much. We will get to it later. I may have had way too much fun with the scanning part. Everybody else to hate it. I'm like, I love it. I also feel like I'm just shooting rockets into a planet and just nuking it. Yeah. So that's a little fun in my head. I, I finished with like. And I didn't even mean to do this because I know I've replayed Mass Effect 2 probably seven or eight times or who, you know, however many times. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it there. But I finished Mass Effect 2 with like like 80,000 element zero and 250, 300,000 of everything else. And that was like after I upgraded everything. So I maybe did a little too much scanning. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that you can use those for Mass Effect 3, can you? The readiness stuff. Uh, um. So you, I, we, I went way over the top. I don't remember. Like, I would have to look up what the specific numbers are. But um, you do get a bonus for like bringing okay. resources, and you, and from one to two, you also get a bonus. Uh, for and they actually fixed it in legendary. So like, you get now a very large. Uh, like if you max out your your, I almost said gold. Uh, credits. If you max out your credits, you get like a lot of money in Mass Effect 2 to the point where you will never need money in the game. And you do, if you, if you do all the, uh, like you find all of the different mineral types, you, you do get like a pretty hefty mineral bonus in two if you do all the stuff in one, which was like probably the most sort of tedious of the, the side quests, I think, is like find the light, heavy, rare minerals and the gases. There's, I think, 20 of each of the minerals and six gases yeah. or something like that. Well, there's also, the weird one I found out there is like the earth metals. And I'm like, mm. how am I finding Earth metals on different planets? Do you really call it an Earth metal? Oh, so yeah. So like rare, it's the rare, you're talking about the rare Earth metals? Yeah. 
So yeah, those just have a terrible name, but it's stuff like neodymium and and um, I think titanium might actually also be considered a rare earth metal. And it's I, there's uh, now I can't remember exactly why they they initially are called that, but it, it really is just they're not particularly rare. Like they're not as rare as gold, but um, they tend to sort of like disperse themselves, I believe. And and so like when you go to mine for these things, you have to do like kind of terrible strip mining and then a ton of refining to to extract these very specific uh elements um but they you know they're not they're not specific to earth it's like lowercase e earth i guess absolutely it's i still think it's fun that actually like the stuff you do here doing more than you need to does actually reward you in the future games it's one thing i like about the series is that what you do in one affects the other in more ways than just relationships yeah, and even in the side quest. So that's another problem I have with like, oh, just play the comic is, yeah, but you then sort of miss out on all of the details of little side quests, you know, from your Conrad Verners to small decisions you make. Like when we were talking about uh, Vermeyer, uh, Rana Thinoptics, I think was her name, the Asari like secretary, depending on how you treat her, it, it changes things in future games. And the comic does not touch that stuff. No. It's only the major choices. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, but even then, like, I enjoy Rex. I enjoy Garrus. I enjoy Tally. Like, I want to, you know, you know, you can play through the comic and be like, yeah, like, did you did you shoot Rex? Yes or no? Like, okay. But, you know, I want to have those discussions about him where it's like, you know, yeah, that's messed up that your dad tried to kill you, man. Like, you know, it's just, you know, the, the way... My favorite thing about Rex, I, th- I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in the Rex episode, but my favorite thing about Rex is the way when you're just like, Shepard. Like, it's just that, yeah. the, the, just that way he acknowledges you. And I'm like, oh, I, I like that acknowledgement. You don't get that from the comic. So, no, I, I, well, you know, I would hope that the three of us being here, being willing to do a podcast about Mass Effect 1, we would all agree that Mass Effect 1 is worth not skipping. Yeah, I've played it all the time, so yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, and, and in particular, in, Lend- in Legendary, I mean, I think they tightened up the combat to enough of a degree where it's like all of my biggest gripes about Mass Effect 1 are, are you know, all the things where I would say, oh, this, you know, it makes it hard to play. They really went and did address those pretty well. Oh, my favorite thing about what they did with the Mako is just hitting like a, a nice little rocky outcropping and trying to jet up it and flip the Mako over just to see if it'll completely roll. Usually it does. It usually rolls, rolls around onto its belly, but um, yeah, that thing is not a fun ride. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like a turtle. Whenever it goes on my back, I'm like, ah, come on, go back on your wheels. Go back. That was the exact thought I had. What I love is when you, you're on a planet, you, you hit that big flat expanse and you're like, uh, this is a Thresher Maw area. And then, Thresher Maw pops up, flips you over, and you do fully turtle, and you just get to sit there and watch yourself, like, die. Because, yeah, oops. Yeah. At, le- at least they fix the Thresher Maw in one as well, where it's not as nearly as bad to find out where it's going to hit you. Yeah. yeah. I remember hating, just utterly, like, hating and dreading the, the Thresher Maw fights, 
like in the the very first time I played through them. This one, it took me one fight to kind of get acclimated and be like, oh yeah, like this is how the Mako controls this everything. This is the shooting. And then once I kind of figured that out, I was like, okay, I should be good. Anytime the, th- the Thresher Maw got me, it was my own fault. Like I did something blatantly stupid, like ran at it the wrong way instead of backing away or anything like that. So. Yeah. And when it's your fault, it feels better than when it's just like it randomly right. attacks you from the ground because you couldn't tell that's where it was coming up. Right. Yeah. But is it time for us to get in these side quests now before we get more distracted? Uh, no, I think we can uh, start to get into that here. Uh, so let's go ahead. These Most of these are short enough. I don't think we need to do a uh, like any kind of big narration for them. We'll just kind of go into them here. Maybe for the, maybe some of the longer ones, maybe we will. But uh, yeah, so the first one I have listed here is UNC Lost Module. Uh, this starts, you get a radio request from Hackett when you're leaving Pharos. Uh, you have to go to the Hercules oh system. What? Oh, I know. I just hate this quest where you got to with the monkeys. <laughs> yes. The stupid space monkeys where you have to like go find them. You do interestingly for this quest, if you manage to not run over or punch or otherwise uh, molest any of these monkeys, um, you get like a pretty hefty Paragon bonus for, I guess, not, you know, uh, making oh. space PETA angry. It's it's, it's, it's <laughs> no. like it's, no, it's you know. It's easy to do. It's like really easy to like be driving up to a site with a monkey at it and be like, "Oh, it did run over one of you." Okay. No, actually, I think I just incidentally did not manage to do that. I think I got the paragon bonus, and I was and I was all bummed because I was trying not to get too many paragon <laughs> points on my playthrough. And you should, you should right? just like it's, run over one. Just yeah, I, I should just hit the first one I saw just to make sure. Like, okay, we're, we're you know, I didn't think to do that. We also so uh, this isn't addressed in this quest, but but. These are pie jacks, right? These are pie jacks. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah as soon as I saw like pie jacks in monkey form. Yeah. So the the Geth shot a drone yeah. down. Oh, we have also, to recover the the data module. For for anyone who doesn't know what a pie jack is, that's from a uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And and subsequently, like Mass Effect Two, they they get named and they get their own codex entry and everything, um, which was fun. It's a fun little Easter egg. Um, but yeah, this this is mm, this might be the only time I actually died in my replay of Mass Effect One. Uh, was going in and and you find like so you like go in that mine, uh, uh, which you can go straight to. Like you can literally land on the planet, not uh, you know, not go scan the the downed satellite uh, and just somehow go in the mine and go through you grab the module from from the dude hiding in the back of course um just very like tropey rpg quest design but then i like popped out of there and i don't know if i forgot or if i just got cocky or what but i like walked out and got just absolutely brutalized by the geth waiting outside it it's always the monkey or the, or the pie jack in the back of the mine, correct? Yes. It's, all, that, it's not like it's randomized. Like, cause I went and I hit every, like the one with the mine somehow wound up being the last one I went to. I hit every other settlement, checked every pie jack. Well, and then finally. That mine is not marked on your map. Oh. Wow. Oh. Okay. So, so the quest is set so up you, to be like, hey, go look at this satellite. Like, you get the quest from, uh, Kahoku, I think, or Hackett. Sorry, you get the quest from Hackett, yeah, Hackett. when you when you go into the um, cluster, and then you know, and and it's like go check out the satellite that's on your map. Cool, and then you know you get the little prompt like, okay, go check out these colonies of monkeys, and they all get marked on your map except for the one you have to go to. 
Okay. But it is it is always that unmarked mine in the center north of the map. I don't know why I remember this. Um but yeah, it's always that unmarked mine and it's always that one pie jack in the back. Freaking pie jack in the back. <laughs> that would save a lot of time. Give me the back of my hand. It does. Which was good for me because I didn't remember to save or do anything. And, and so the autosaves, in, even in Legendary, are not as good as they could be. The game autosaves when you hit a planet. Uh, but if you go spend 20 minutes on that planet uh, and then you get killed by a bunch of geth coming out of a tunnel, um, you get to redo the whole planet. That's why I've learned to mostly, like when I go to do area, like, I'm going to do a quick save real quick just in case. Yes, yeah, yeah. Anytime you see a big flat space, for example, and there's going to be a thresher, well, hey, just quick save real quick. Yes. Saves so like, 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 luckily a lot of the, list of the loading times of this are a lot quicker than they used to be. But even so, starting from the beginning, it's like, uh. Right. Like, it's, like, it's not like the worst stuff to play, but still just doing it again is never fun. No, it's, it's really not. And, and the other thing is, like, with the planetary exploration, there's always... I think there's always three mineral spots on every planet. It's it's definitely at least always two and a lot of times three. So if you take the time to sort of drive around the whole map and get all the minerals, um, you know, every planet, I think, takes a good maybe 10, maybe as many as 15 minutes, depending on how uh, not flat the planet is to kind of get around. So yeah, can, a lot of them are not flat. No, they are not. <laughs> that is the one thing about that I, you know, even with the Mako and the Boost, like, there were a few planets where I landed on them and I would, I just remembered, like, oh my God, I hate this planet so much. I think this one, no, this one was not one of them. There's another planet that looks similar that's like all like steep, steep mountains and valleys and, and like you have to climb in and out of these things and it's miserable. Yeah. I'll admit, I did not do my, driving around exploration as much as I probably should have. Cause I don't think I finished the, the mineral quest. I think I had a few missing and I'm like, wait, I went to every planet. I checked everything, but I think you're right. That was, that was my oversight was I just, if I, if it came up on the map, right. I got it. But if I didn't see it on the map, I didn't bother going over there. I didn't bother checking every nook and cranny. And there's probably, that's probably where like the, the handful of things that I missed. Yeah. And, and there's, there's too many nodes. Like there's substantially too many nodes. Like I feel like there's probably like 30 out of 20 for each of them. And, and the gases you get just um, from like space exploration. But uh, yeah, if you don't drive or like my, my whole dumb thing is I'll always go, I'll hit the Northeast corner on the map and just kind of get up there and then do like kind of a square and like X my way back into the center uh, until, until I've capped out on minerals for the, the minerals quest. And then it's like, I just hit the, the marked points. But yeah. right. Well, th this planet had a marked point for a Prothean globe. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll admit I did not have. It requires a Prothean key. I did not have the Prothean key. Did you guys have it? That's what you get from uh, uh, the consort. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I already had it, so. How did you? Yeah, I forget what I, I forget what I said to her that like she did, I think she was like oh I have some stuff you should take and I'm like no I'm cool or whatever like I was just like whatever I don't need it and and like waved her off or whatever I oh I was too friendly I don't know okay I wonder there's some Prothean quests in Mass Effect two in I think Firewalker uh, the Firewalker DLC I wonder if that comes into play 
or if it's only in it's, it's probably only in Mass Effect One. I'm not actually sure about this. I don't think I've ever left Chiara's without the uh, with without the the little key. So, so what do you get from the key? A lot of dialogue, not dialogue. So you get, uh, it's actually pretty cool. It's very like, um, if you've ever read 2001, uh, or I guess, you know, seen the movie, but I think it's, it makes a little bit more sense if you read it. Um, it gives you this like flashback of Earth 50,000 years ago. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, so it's, it's a series of dialogue boxes, frankly, um, with just a lot of text in them. And they go through like, you're a caveman on, on ancient Earth and, you see this weird light in the sky and then uh, these things like abduct you and do tests on you. And then you're back on earth and it talks about how like your brain is changed after that. And and so the, the punchline is Protheans came to earth, met ancient humans, 2001 monolith them to like, you know, kind of nudge them up a little bit and like kind of help uplift them. Uh, and and this like Prothean orb thing renews that memory in in like you, Shepard. So it's cool. It's actually really cool lore. It's one of the things that um I was this is one of the things where I was hoping like, oh, are they gonna go through and, you know, voice this stuff or or add cutscenes or whatever? And they didn't, but these are like these cool little touches that um yeah. really add it's a lot of world building or galaxy building, was, I guess. One weird thing about it though is it does like it does do it has a flag in your save files for Mass Effect 2, but it has no effect on the games. It doesn't actually the, do anything. The uh the consort token? The vision and stuff. The good, oh, the vision. Oh. Act, like activating this thing, it flags your save file, but the flag doesn't do it, doesn't actually interact with anything. That's really so unfortunate. Yeah, I'm guessing they had a plan to do something, and they just never got it completed or something. I, there's a specific part of Mass Effect 3 where I, I feel like that could have come up. Oh, well. Yeah, it's just very strange. Also, this also this mission, strange enough, is one of the areas where you can get, has another glitch, and you get unlimited Paragon points. Again? Yeah. Yes. If you, you already... Yeah, at the at the pie jack, if you like, after you get it and you get the paragon points, you can like a uh, reload this like they save reload, and then keep doing it. Like you keep getting like unlimited paragon points. You don't need huh. to, but it's one of the areas. Once again, it's a glitch, and it still works in Legendary Edition because uh, they didn't feel like changing that. Because why would you? <laughs> so to keep yourself varied, you can get like half your paragon points here, and then half your power points over from uh, Laura Keen. Yeah, she wants. <laughs> I I've really I've got to abuse these glitches the next time I do this playthrough. <laughs> just I mean, just because why not? It's, I like that they kept that in. Like I think that's actually nice from a if you, you want to talk about like game preservation. Um, it's it's nice that they they didn't go like they fixed the things that were obviously bugs, but like glitches and exploits they left. And I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, in, in this case, being a single player game, like. It's not hurting anybody. It, right. You know, it's only, I mean, you can even completely skip the game and you're, you know, it only hurts yourself if anybody. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, I think if, the, if it somehow affected some sort of multiplayer, I think then there'd be a different discussion. Yeah. And I was doing some research on this and found out apparently too, that in the, in the legendary edition, they actually changed the grass in on this planet. I didn't realize I changed it. Apparently it was, it used to be just a plain green texture, but now it's a 3d grass feature. They actually changed Ooh. that to the texture on this planet. I didn't notice. I'm just like, it all looked familiar to me, but it's like, oh, I need to go back and double check on this. 
I did not notice that level of detail. <laughs> it's good that they did it. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad when I don't notice things people put work into. Yeah, somebody worked on that. Somebody, you know, that was somebody's probably like, I, I have no idea. I'm going to say somewhere between a day and a week. Maybe like a sort of lazy week. But they worked on that, so. Well, let's let's move on to the next mission here. We have a, a mission, it's the Unusual Readings Distress Call mission. Uh, this involves the, the Hydra system and the Argus Row cluster. Uh, the planet is Metgos. Uh, you get a distress signal when you approach the planet. It's a hot, rocky planet. The signal is coming from a downed ship. You get close, and it's a Geth ambush. And then if, when you actually get close, like, so you take out the Geth, and then you get close to the ship to actually look at that, and the ship blows up. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Moving on. Then we have another mission here, uh, Missing Persons Privateers. Uh, you're looking for signs of a, a gentleman by the name of Garoff, his brother, and his ship. Oh, there was one thing I did forgot I know here I forgot to mention for the last mission. Your squad just says, I have a bad feeling about this, followed by, it's a trap! Yes, <laughs> that is, that's true. <laughs> That is a nice little moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just kind of like, there are a few of these these missions like this one where it's kind of like, go to planet, scan thing, maybe maybe fight some guys, you're done. Uh, but that that is a nice little note. Yes. Yeah, they added a little bit in there. <laughs> so this one, this one, the, the one you just brought up on the, I always want to call it the strenuous, uh, or uh, the strenuous system. I, I don't think that's how you pronounce it, but um, it looks like it. Uh, yes, this is you can pick this up in the Citadel or not. Uh, and there's a lot of these these kinds of, of side missions in Mass Effect one where you can just kind of wander into something. But if you happen to go to the council chambers, like post your initial Citadel, I think you have to finish at least like one of Therum or it's maybe like Therum plus one of Ferris or, or uh, Novaria. Uh, you can go talk to this guy and he's very agitated and, you know, he's missing his brother. Or you can just find this derelict spaceship. Right, that that was the problem that I ran into was that, you know, because I just like I just went around before I, I tried to. I only went to the Citadel the one time, I think, to hand in a few quests and then I came back and then it was like, OK, I'm going to go to Vermeer. Let me just wander around and see what I can find. And, yeah, I wound up. I wound up stumbling into, I think, more quests than I necessarily triggered because, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, you either ha either hack it'll message you at some point or you just wind up in a system and the Joker's like, hey, check this out. and mm -hmm, Exactly. It's always, yeah. So, so anyway, so you're, you're, you're looking for the MSV Majesty in the system, which is a Kowloon-class modular conveyor of human design. Uh, the ship is derelict, all compartments are exposed to space, and the fusion plant is leaking. The damage is consistent with ship-mounted mass accelerator fire and is registered to Captain Wilhelm. And then there's a, a faint trail of radioactive particles, possibly exhaust from a sublight nuclear engine drive that leads toward a nearby planet of Zawin. So, so you go down to Zawin, which is a snowy planet. There is a Thresher Maw on the planet. There is one of those Yay. little snowy fields where you fight the Thresher Maw. Uh, you find an abandoned camp where you have to turn on a generator and, and then you get some uh, points of interest that come up that you have to explore. Uh, you find a corpse near some a mineral deposit. One of the beacons uh, that you're there is a geth trap, so you get to fight more geth. Uh, then you find the base. The base is defended by snipers and four alliance heavy turrets. Uh, so you kill the pirates. You find the body of Captain Wilhelm. His corpse was holding a data pad, 
And then at that point, you get to bring the uh, data pad back to Garroth on the Citadel to inform him that his brother is dead. And there is nothing of consequence on that data pad. You just sort of find it and you go back, yeah. which, you know, okay. I, I think it just confirms that, like, this is, oh, like, like it just confirms that Garroth was the guy's brother. So, you yeah. know, like, okay, this is, this is the relationship and I should go find him. Because I think if if you don't talk to Wilhelm, or if you don't talk to Garroth, you just find Wilhelm's body and it's like, oh, his brother Garroth is on the Citadel. Go. Right. That's go, right. Go yeah. let this guy, this guy's probably going to want to know. Mm-hmm. And you can you can also get two free renegade points if you just say forget it and don't do anything for a bit, and then oh. come and then come back later and do the actual mission. <laughs> okay, I've never done that's, that's nice. Well, now I'll never need to get small renegade bonuses in Mass Effect One because I'm just going to glitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not a glitch. It's just with like, hey, like, hey, you want some renegade points? Just say forget it, renegade points. Right? But- can you? Can- can you punch the can you punch the monkeys and still get unlimited renegade points or that only works for the paragon option? I think it's, it's only paragon. It's only the paragon. Yeah. That'd be fun though if you could reload just keep punching monkeys. That'd be I know. great stress relief. Yeah, you don't get points for like running over the monkeys unfortunately cuz otherwise that would be I mean that's that would be a great way to just fill your renegade bar cuz there's a lot of those little monkey bastards. <laughs> yes as someone who's, who went and checked every one of them because i forgot that i had to go to the cave and it's the last one in the cave yes yes there are a lot of them <laughs> that uh yeah that was that was a fun evening let's move on here to the uh the next quest uh the unc rogue vi not rogue six rogue vi uh so yeah, this is <laughs> the one that we actually have to go into our uh solar system uh the capital of the moon luna is armstrong uh, so you, you don't, uh, in this Mass Effect, you don't get to go to Earth. I don't think, you don't, we don't see Earth until Mass Effect 3, three right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. So, oh, you can, you can look at it from a distance. Oh, yeah, 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 you can see it, but you, you don't <laughs> land on it. You don't land on it. Right. Um, um, yeah, so. The fun thing about, so you go to the local system is, is what it's called. Uh, you can go to all nine planets or you know that's right <laughs> um, uh, because in mass effect one they were still effectively all nine planets there's i mean the timeline is not quite right but the change of the astronomical society was occurring like as mass effect one was coming out uh, yes. and they did leave that in there which i appreciated so you go visit pluto and it's still a planet Jane, some people it's planetary like, status i like to think that it's sometime before 2184 they reinstated Pluto's status for whatever reason. Oh, man. Uh, I would love that, but <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll turn into like a weird political issue and, and somehow. Well, when, when Disney merges with the government, they then have a reason to make Pluto elevated. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, you go to the moon. This this is probably my hands down my favorite side quest in this game. Um, even though it's like the actual mechanics of the side quest are pretty repetitive and frankly not that cool i just love that you go to the moon in the mako and can dune buggy around on the moon and see you know like a decent looking earth from the moon like you could see it like sort of rising over a crest it's just ah, it's just so good yeah i may have taken several some pictures of my my mako riding on the moon and may have also put it in photoshop and added some whalers on there nice (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, so so here you're, you, there's a, a VI uh, like a security system on the moon that's gone rogue, so we have to go check it out. Uh, the base has three stations. Each station has two turrets that will shoot at you as you approach. Uh, you enter each base. Uh, you fight some drones. You got to shoot out the VI cores. There's eight cores per base. Uh, they're split across two rooms in the back. It's the layout where you kind of come in, make the corner. Then you got the big square central area where you fight. Then it's got the little hallway in the back with the T branch, and then you just four and four on each side. Yeah. Um, on stupid now this little is the bullet that, sponges. Yes. So I actually did them in in, in uh, I guess one three two I think was the order I did them in the first core. Uh, when you shoot out the cores, it causes causes a toxic gas to be released. So then you have to kind of rush out of there. Uh, the second core, uh, shooting out the cores, causes additional drones to power up. So now you got to fight your way out. Uh, the third core, uh, you, when you shoot out the cores, it causes kinetic barriers to pop up and toxic gas. So now you got to shoot your way through these shields just to get out there. Uh, there's data in the in the third core. There's a data port where you get some data from, and then you go to the final core uh, in the that you have to shoot out. Uh, and when you shoot out the final core, you get a message: a burst of white noise uh, over all frequencies nearly deafens you. Your hard suit's heads up display interprets into a series of zeros and ones, and then it shows you uh, the numbers. Uh, it's four four s- series of zeros and ones. Um, it says they, they repeat again and again, blanketing all frequencies until the lights on the final VI cluster flicker and die. And I did not realize how important this quest was because this is where you unlock your specialization for your, uh, for your, your, your class. Yes. I did this. This was like the very last oh, no. side quest that I did before Vermeer. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize this actually was what unlocked the, the specialization was this mission. I thought so, it was just, I'd done enough missions and it just happened. No, it's always this one. So you can go get it pretty early on in the game. Um, the specialization, I think, is not as powerful in Mass Effect 1. Um, it's a nice to have. I don't feel like it's the same as like when you max out a power in, in 2 or in 3. Uh, well, 3 has like a whole skill tree, which is pretty cool, but uh, for every, every set of skills. But um, it's still it's a nice to have. The other cool thing about this mission is this, uh, this rogue VI... This is not the last that you will hear of the Rogue VI, I'll just say that. Well, well yes. Yes. <laughs> well, what's interesting is I mentioned that there was some uh, some b- numbers that would flash. It was all zeros and ones that flash across. It's four sets of eight digits. Uh, turns out that it's ASCII. And if you convert the ASCII, it turns out it's, it's H-E-L-P. So this Rogue VI that you're ostensibly killing is begging for help. As you're killing it. Yep. Which I, this bothers me because like if it's the year 2182 or 2183 and uh, it's one of those two. It's and, and like you have all of this awesome technological prowess and your your suit manages to display four eight bit uh, bytes, but doesn't translate them to ask you like, <laughs> come on, come on. Wasn't uh, in the budget. Yeah, yeah, clearly. I mean, it's nice, you know, it's nice because it gives you something to go shove into a search engine and, and, you know, do the conversion yourself. It's a cute little detail, but in, like, real life, that would not be how this works at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much more I want to talk about this, but I can't without revealing stuff for two and three. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that, that is a nice little setup. 
there also was, uh, we'll mention this real quickly, uh, the Pinnacle Station. That was on the moon too, wasn't it? Yes. Because uh, that was DLC that was removed from the first Mass Effect. I actually did try. I have a copy of Mass Effect 1. I was like, let me see if I can get this to run on Windows 10. And maybe I can see, you know, I should have the Pinnacle Station DLC with it. Because uh, I bought the, uh, when they put out like all three games together in that yeah. little package, uh, mm-hmm. like like four years ago, five years ago, I bought that. And I'm like, let me see if it'll install. And it would not install. So. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. So I was like, because uh, uh, I was like, maybe I can just install. I can see if I can. If you know, if maybe I can bring my saves over and 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 you know fidget with them or whatever to to at least just get in there and just check out that DLC so we can talk about. It. I was unable to get that work. Yeah, I'm, I'm still so sad so. that 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 was lost. Even though it's not the best DLC, just having it lost is just terrible. I, I okay, I need to try this uh, and report back on my Xbox because I still have like the 360 and like all that stuff still works. Um, so now I need to see. I feel like there might be like an online like leaderboard component. And so this might be why it's gone for PC and might still be there for Xbox. Cause for Xbox, it's just Xbox live. Um, it, because it's, it's like a target, like it's a practice range basically. Um, yeah. I know for like the, for the legendary edition release, they just said like they couldn't get the code to work. It literally had been like destroyed or something. Like sure. Corrupted. Yeah. So they couldn't get like re-release it. I guess they didn't have any other versions backed up. None. I guess no one can get one from a 360 or anything else. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's all compiled, right? So like if they lost the code or it was, you know, somehow broken, then it's just broken. It really like, I think we've talked about Pinnacle Station a little bit. Um, and now I'm not sure if Pinnacle Station's on the moon. It's definitely in the local system. Maybe it's like a Jupiter space station or something. I, I honestly don't remember, but... um. It, it it's not there's no story consequences there's literally no game consequences it's just go enjoy the combat of mass effect one if you want so of all the things they could have lost this is 100 percent like the best possible outcome <laughs> other than losing nothing i'll give you that yeah you that. and uh let's see it is not on the moon okay it, it's actually in Argos on on a Phoenix and Argos row cluster. Oh wow! Okay, I wonder why I thought it was. I thought I read it was on the moon somewhere. Oh well. Anyway, the Rogue VI is good. Yes. So let's let's move on here. The next quest I have here is the UNC missing survey team. Uh, this is in uh, on Trebin in Antaeus in the Hades Gamma cluster. Uh, this is one of the quests that you pick up when you're on Pharos, and if you're going through and checking all the terminals. One of them says, like, oh, hey, we've got a missing survey team in the Hades Gamma Cluster. Somebody should go check that out. Um, so it's an exogeny survey team. Once again, there's a Thrushermaw on the planet that you got to watch out for. Uh, the scaven- there are scavengers on the planet that are after uh, the crash pl- probe. Actually, that was, I think, one of the anomalies there, so that doesn't relate to the quest. Uh, but you, have to, you find a transmitter transmitting tight beam c- signals in a geosynchronous orbit, disrupting the survey team's GPS satellites that caused them to crash. Uh, so you find the research base camp. There's no one there. Logs say they found alien technology. You go to an excavation site. You enter the excavation site, and the survey team inside is all husks. So you, uh, as you go through the husks, you find a glowing orb under a robotic claw. This is very reminiscent of the robotic church, uh, the, or the, the, the Geth church that we saw in uh, on Pharos. Uh, and then 
the, the sort of what what's left is sort of open is that everybody's kind of wondering like how is this technology buried on a planet so far away from Geth space? It's a mystery. Except that it's not because we know it was Reapers. Right. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> it was Reapers. It was Reapers all along. I mean, it was always Reapers. Oh. Yeah, it's always amuses me though. Like, dude, I got I'm not sure. Like, they said that they remove all all traces of them, but we keep finding new traces of them during the time they're coming back. Did the stuff just come back into existence, and we just finally noticed it? Well, I think part of it is that because you don't really know what, what the Reapers are or understand them, like even then, like this is a trace of the Reapers, but we don't make unless you've played through the game, unless you under unless you've had the conversation with Sovereign on Vermeer. You would not, you know, you're not, you're not going to make that connection. Right. Oh yeah. So like th the fact is like the, the Reapers scoured the universe of all, you know, evidence of them being there, but they, they got like 98% of it. They got most of it, but you know, there's a handful of things here or there. Cause it is big universe. I mean, you know, and they're Reapers. They're not perfect. Right. So, and that is know, but the, like the most charitable or not charitable. I don't know. But I mean, that's sort of the, the nicest way to look at it is, yeah, they're reapers. They're not perfect. And this is, this is them making small mistakes. Well, you think the, 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 the less charitable would be that they intentionally left these things here. I think to, the to less charitable would just be that the devs didn't think that hard about this, but I think, you know, I think they probably did. I think having these little bits and pieces of clues of like, look, the reapers say that they're, you know, gods from beyond the edge of the galaxy uh and they are godlike but they're not infallible they're not um they're not omni omniscient, omniscient uh, yeah exactly the yeah they're not omniscient they're not omnipresent like they can't they can't get every little detail okay i want to table this discussion until we get to ilos okay oh yeah but there's also one thing before the end of this one that i like is that uh, when you get back to the Citadel, you do get a news story telling you the fate of the team, where uh, Exogeny tells them that the team was killed by passing raiders or mercenaries, mm -hmm. and they'll release the names of the deceased to their next of kin. That's nice, I guess. As, you know, as nice as it could be, I suppose, other than the corporation lying about what happened and all of these people dying. Yeah, but I guess true. I guess you want to go like, hey guys, just let you know, uh, we had a survey team. They all became robotic zombies. Don't worry about that, but about robotic zombies. But uh, anyway, that's a kind of yeah. cooler way to die though than getting you know <laughs> killed by pirates. Like, I, I gotta figure there's a lot of death by piracy or death by raiders in in the Mass Effect universe. So getting turned into like a cool evil robot and getting you know taken out by Spectre. That's I don't know. It's more badass. Yeah. I'll give you po points for getting taken up by Shepard. Is, is, that's well earned, but the whole getting turned into an evil robot, that part's got to really suck. I don't know. I think if, if the, as long as the pirates just kind of do it quick, I think I might prefer them. Yeah. That's, okay, yeah, good point. How, how quick is being turned into a husk? Is it a slow and painful process, or do you instantly lose your mind? No, well, so actually the Codex entry about husks talks about, my God. Um, but yeah, this comes up in the, the Codex entry for dragon's teeth or um, the spire thingies. Uh, they're like nicknamed dragon's teeth. Uh, and it says, no, they do it like very quickly, relatively speaking. Uh, I mean, it's still on the order of minutes, I would imagine. And those minutes probably aren't great, um, but it like dries out the body like super fast. 
Okay. Well, on on Echo Prime, like we see them throwing the bodies on the spikes, and then it's not too long before they start coming off as husks. Right. So it's not. It's. It, I mean, because of the way like it's cut together, you can't necessarily tell. Like, oh, this is the guy we saw earlier get thrown on there. But it would make sense. Like, if it can be done in a matter of minutes, it makes sense. Like, that's what we saw happen. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. That's that's good. At least. At least it's not a slow death. Yeah. Like a Still like hours long process of. Mm. Wow, this got dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it no, did. Uh, yeah. Husks. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like anytime I open one of those chambers, it's like, husks. Why did it have to be husks? <laughs> the worst. The husk slash creeper is just the worst enemy type in this game. I hate them yeah, so much. Yeah. Got, got a quick question for you, Nick. Uh-oh. Husks or the gorm? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll take... And I, I like I, I hate the Gorm on like a visceral level. Like there is something there beyond that that I just cannot stand them. Um, and for anyone wondering, the Gorm are a bug type enemy in World of Warcraft uh, that I have talked about on my World of Warcraft shows. How much I hate them. If you want to check that out, but um, no husks are Gorm. I just hate more from like a, a, a just an experience level. Like fighting the Gorm is not that bad. Fighting the husks is a is a is a chore. It's like I have to schedule time on my calendar to be like, okay, I'm going to be fighting the husks from like nine to ten on Wednesday evening. I to continue the wow analogies, I would say husks are kind of like the murlocs of this game in in like my archetype yes. of just most hated original mur- types. Original like OG you, murlocs, yeah. Yes, oh yes, I'll give you that. Yeah, because they 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 rush at you. They kind of yell garbled noise. And they yeah, they, and they yeah. swarm. Boy, do they swarm! Mm-hmm. And they unleash. They unleash if if you hit you quick enough. They unleash a bunch of those uh, EMP blasts on you, and it hurts. Oh, those, yeah, those are the worst. Yeah, because yeah, I, I the, it's always the husks. I always forget that they do that. And then like the first one does that to me, and I die. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I gotta shoot them before they get too close. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now I remember what I'm doing. Because yeah, that's like the one time it's like, oh yeah, you know, you get comfortable getting a brawler, and you're like, okay, I'll just run and punch this guy. And it's like, no, don't punch the husks. Take them out at a distance. I yeah, so Mass Effect three. In, on the Vanguard, you get the Nova ability, which I think they also have in, in Mass Effect Andromeda. And I think it's it's definitely my favorite ability in the game because finally, bless it, you get swarmed by husks, you hit Nova, it does like a point blank uh, area of effect centered on your character. And so it just blasts them all away. So it's, oh, it's so satisfying. It just murder all these little bastards. <laughs> the, Good. Yeah, that's one thing I like about, I do like about husks is when I have like a character that has, I think it's like uh one of the force ability, the one of their like biotic abilities that just like forces everybody. Like, Shockwave, I think it is. Yeah, it just sends them all flying away, and they're like, yes. Ooh! or if you hit the ball with like a a stasis real quick, and then bounce them, they all go slowly away. By the way, as you just shoot them gracefully. Yes. Uh, Good stuff. So let's let's move on to the next quest here. It's just a investigate facility. I have. This takes place on Notacrux in Vostok in the Maroon Sea Cluster. Uh, you get a distress beacon as you approach the planet. Again, I think this is one of the quests that you can also get, not just from the distress beacon, but you also can get this from the Exogeny terminals on Pharos because it is an Exogeny facility. This is a nice grassy, rocky planet. You land down on it. You drive up to the to the like the little facility there. I think it's got like the little mine into the ground, and the Thorian creepers are there. No, no, no. Well, how, how do you have it written down here, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do the voice, Nick. 
Okay, motherfucking Thorian Creepers are here. There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, God, yeah. As, as we just finished talking about husks, it's husks, but they're plant-based or whatever. Like, same, same yeah. damn thing. And you did mention when we were going through Pharos, you're like, oh, yeah, they show up again on like one of the other planets. And I was like, how? How do they show up again? Is there another Thorian out there? And I don't yes. think there's another Thorian out here. Because what you, 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 what you find out is, okay, so... Uh, you, you get there's a, you find the science building. You get into the science building. There's again, you start to see all that weird Thorian looking shit growing into the rooms in the building. Mm-hmm. Again, that's how I, that's how I wrote it. Weird Thorian shit in my notes. <laughs> this one's not you in find, all caps. You, this yeah. one's not in all caps this time. No. Uh, so you find some survivors, and they're like, you know, uh, you you meet. Uh, you, so you find the survivors. They're glad to see you. And then you find Doctor Ross, and they and. The doctor admits they were studying the creepers from Pharos here. They, they were trying to figure out how to make them docile. And then, of course, when you killed the Thorian on Pharos, these remote creepers, like halfway across the galaxy, went berserk and started killing everybody. See, this is cool. And like, this implies like a faster than light travel, like, m- you know, brain signal. I mean, that's cool. That's yeah, real. The cool. Thorian. I feel like there's a th- that Thorian has a, a badass backstory, right? Because because like not only has it survived several Reaper invasions, it feel I feel like the th- the Thorian is like the one creature that probably actually kind of like fought the Reapers to a standstill, and the Reapers were like, you know what, whatever weird plant based thing you are, you're cool. You get to stay here on Pharos. We'll send you some whatever we got here. You can mind control them and do your thing. But yeah, like it's it like it's got some bizarre features that make no sense. <laughs> It's alien. Yeah. Yes. Extremely alien. Yeah. Yeah. And so Exogeny has some rules. Uh, they're only allowed to use the generic distress beacon uh, because Exogeny is worried about protecting the secrets here. So they don't want, you know, they're sending out like a general beacon. They don't want people to know, oh, hey, we've got Thorian creepers here. But it's like, you really, again, you really should let people know you got Thorian creepers here because then they can come and deal with it appropriately. Well, and so, to be fair, if you told people like, hey, we got Thorian creepers, majority of people aren't going to know what the heck that is. Not everybody, not, not everybody was, on, was on there when the Thorian appeared. That's still technically probably classified. Well, if you think about it, husks are probably fairly not well known. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe also the Thorians yeah. are familiar with them. You know, they might be familiar with them fighting the 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 Geth. But, you know, the, since the Geth pretty much keep to themselves, most people really aren't familiar with the, the husks. Then you've got, like, the extremely rare Thorian creeper. And here you are. You're killing husks and creepers left and right. Like, somehow this is your life. Right. <laughs> this is this, my this, life. This super rare annoying mob is you're up to your elbows in it, and it's annoying. Yeah. In case you haven't someone... noticed, we don't like husks here. Or, Thor- or Thorians. <laughs> like, or Thorians, yeah. Yeah, I also like it because like, it was just the same design, just reused, could color differently. I'm just like, really? It's a classic reskin. Like, yeah. I feel like they could have done something a little bit different, but it, once again, it's the first game. I let it slide because there's a lot of other reskins. They do get better about it. Yeah, they, they get much better about reskins. Um, yeah, this was kind of like, I mean, and this also, it's a product of its era. Like, this is so common in so many games, you know. Yeah, very true. But uh, I, actually, oh, I actually didn't mind it. I, I, 
I think from, I mean, as, as annoying as it is of a creature class, again, it makes you wonder if there's some kind of connection between the Thorian and the Reapers that, again, for as long as the Thorian's been around, they, like, it's like, is the Thorian, is, is like, is it possible? Because even then, if you look at the Thorian, if you look at the Thorian, it's kind of got that body that's like strung up, like with its nodes in that cell. But it's got the tentacly face, almost like a, like we said, it was kind of Cthulhu-ish, like a cuttlefish. And we've compared also the Reapers to Cthulhu because they're kind of, you know, elongated. They're more like, I guess, squid-like. But at the same time, like they've got tentacles and and they don't really have a face. But I wonder if there's not some kind of connection like the Thorian is, I don't know if he's like the plant-based version of a Reaper. Like that's your vegan Reaper for what it's worth. Or if like the you know maybe like the 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 thorian evolve into the reaper did the reaper did like a reaper get stuck somewhere and evolve into a thorian somehow losing it's all all of its metallic parts so Uh, i i think i think there is a brief name drop of of the thorian in the leviathan dlc in mass effect 3 but i haven't done it yet and it's been a while so i'm not sure i'm uh, so i there's like a tiny little bit of extra thorian information somewhere in the mass effect universe that it's 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 not it's like an ancient being and that's definitely covered but yeah, it's, it's never answered, like, is it, did the Reapers maybe meld with it, but not meld with all of them, or did it sprout out of them? Because that, that would make oh, a lot of sense. Actually, a lot of data they have on the Thorian seems to be, the way it is, is why the Reapers put the mass relays, because it's one thing that did not use mass relay technology, or mass technology. It developed down its own line of technology. So... It's actually a bigger threat to the Reapers than we are because it does its own thing. It says, screw you guys. And we killed it. And we killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go Team Shepard. All right. So. So anyway, so you're dealing with this exogeny lab and uh, the doctor. Basically, it's like, what do you do with these people here that you've got this? Morally gray, for lack of a better word, uh, you, you know, science team and a doctor, they got themselves into trouble. And now it's like, OK, how do you want to how, how do you want to wrap all this up here? How did, how did you guys deal with the doctor? I took the money and ran. That was I that guess. was a nice renegade option. It's like, yeah, pay me. OK, I'm out. I'm pretty sure I took the money and ran because I was like. I need some credits. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure you needed credits, please. Um in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> right. Um yeah, yeah, I took the money and, and dipped. Um I I think the other choice is I don't know if you can turn her in or kill her. I'm pretty sure kill her is one I of the choices. Kill her is definitely one of the choices and I think you can also turn her in. Like I feel like there's there's like a triple choice here, but um Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wanted the money. Like, I didn't want to go to either extremes, which does. This is another one of those little side quests that also has um, just a tiny ripple into the next into the next games. Uh, I think you get a note from her if you don't kill her, uh, letting you know how it's going. Yeah, I think my reasoning was like, uh, you know, you didn't do you actually not that big of a deal. I already have plenty of Paragon points. Give me some credits. It is amusing how, and I, I think we probably touched on this a little bit more on like Pharos and Neveria, but again, like compare, comparing the two of them, th- those planets, 
it's all these like I don't want to say evil, although they're ostensibly evil, but just this incredibly shady shit that these like biogenic companies are doing that is just causing so much trouble. It's like, oh, we're experimenting on on this thorium thing, but we can't tell anybody. It's got to be super secret. And so like, oh, there's a problem because we didn't, you know, do it properly. And it's the same thing. Like, oh, we're experimenting on these rachnide. We're not going to tell anybody. It's no, anytime any one of these corporations is like, oh, we can't tell you our super. It's like, okay, what kind of alien did you find? And what kind of problems are you running into? Because you don't know what you're doing and just, you know, Show me where it is and give me some ammo so I can blow it in the face. Yeah, and then, I, then we do that. They go, ah, oh, how dare your, your government oversight stuff. How dare you stop us freaking I, getting our way. Right. You know, we can make better technology. It's, I mean, it's that nice just sort of brushstroke of dystopian future, you know, that Blade Runner shit that we love. Um, so I like it. I mean, I don't like the behavior, but it's good color. It's very realistic. <laughs> All right. Because I don't know how many companies you guys have worked for, but I know a lot of them are like, they can get a skirt around a rule. They will try it. I have no comment. <laughs> Moving on. We have the MSV Cornucopia. Uh, oh, we're, is, oh, we're, uh, going, we're going past this right now? Did I miss one? Uh, no, this is the next. I, I, you know, oh, no, I, I, I missed the notes. Don't worry, we're good. Okay, so this this one this is one I'll admit I just stumbled onto this. I didn't get a. I'm sure there's a quest somewhere to pick this up. I didn't get that. I just stumbled onto this. Uh, the MSV Cornucopia and Casp the Caspian uh, system in the Maroon Sea cluster. Another Kowloon class transport ship. Which it's nice that they identify the class of the ship, so you know it's the exact same map as the other one. Yep. Uh, and this one is registered to an X Solar ship uh, from the Sol cluster, which is us. Uh, so you find you find this abandoned cargo ship, uh, you board it, and what is it again? It's husks. <laughs> Freaking husks. Freaking husks, More man. husks. Yeah, I, this yeah. is one of those like kind of a less said the better. This is on this this particular map asset. This is probably the worst of all of the quests, I would say. Oh, because the ship is again here on all caps. Ship is an annoying maze. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a super annoying maze. There's little husks everywhere. You turn a corner and they pop up, and which means they're already in melee range a lot of times. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I I had to find uh like a a a crate to stand on like, or like to climb up once you can climb up and kind of see over everything. Then it's just a matter of kind of like waiting until they pop around corners and picking them off. But yeah, when you first get in there, you're just running around and then like, Oh, here's a husk. And you kind of back away and around a corner. Here's another husk. And it, it's, I, I mean, I guess it's a well-designed level in the sense that like, it's supposed to annoy you. I think it's supposed to kind of yeah, be a little bit irritating in that regard. But one thing I have probably like, they do this multiple times, the same, the same ship. I'm like, who is loading the stuff on this ship? Why would you just put all the stuff in the way? You know, if I was your manager, I'd be like, you're redoing this harrow area. These We need to have walking paths. Come to on. Be fair, to yeah. be fair, you don't know what is in those crates. And there could be, based on what they need and when they need it and how often they need it, there could be some court, some sort of like algorithm that is determined this is the most efficient way to lay out the ship. Ignoring the fact that people need to trans transit 
you know, through. So, but if you need to go in, it's like, oh, no, we got the cereal over here. We got the milk over here. Just go. This is what you need. You can get that and you're this, good. This is not a grocery store where people come and shop. This is a cargo <laughs> ship. It's an Amazon warehouse in space is now what you're describing to just keep on that sort of dystopian future. Okay, cool. Yeah. But even Amazon warehouses have a nice grid pattern where you can still go from oh. one end to the end without going through a maze. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they do like algorithmically lay out their the stuff in their warehouses for like best reachability and like most time efficiency, though. That's yes. fair. That's fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> So anyway, so you kill all the you kill all the husks, and then you find the nav logs, and it turns out that the crew found an arty- artifact outside the Perseus Vale. And who's inside the Perseus Vale? The Gif. The Gif. The Gif. And so they find this artifact, and then they turn, and then they set a course straight into the Vale. And then uh, they cut, turn around and come out of the Gale. The, or, uh, they, they go into the Vale. Uh, the Gif turn them into husks, and then sent the ship back out of the Vale. Yeah. yeah. This one was kind of weird for me a little bit because what kind of like I'm assuming the artifacts are Reaper artifact, but because it's not like I can't think of any Geff artifact that make them go, we should go to the Vale. That's the best place to go. But if it's a Reaper artifact, I don't understand why that make them go to the, the Vale too. Because I don't know. I don't think yeah, like, the Geff have been. Why would the well, Reapers it, it, have planted an artifact that knows to send you to the Perseus Vale when, like, the Geth have only relatively recently occupied that? Well, why did the Geth go to the Perseus Vale in the first place, though? That's where they're from. That's where they're from. That's, well, I guess the, that's where the Corians are from. Right. That's where the Corians are from. Okay. Yeah, the Perseus Vale, the Corian, that's where the Geth are, were, were created over there. So they're there because where they live. That's why I think it's kind of like, I don't understand if maybe a Reaper's like, okay. Because I don't think well, they had a relationship here yet. Uh, see, I would think then that this most... Le- I wonder if maybe this is some kind of messed up quarrying artifact. Mm. Although, yeah, I guess the fact that it's turned them into husks is a bit weird. Well, we don't know don't if know. they turned to husks like, in the Perseus Vale or afterwards. It's still kind of... That's like- true, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I guess if it turns out to be some kind of ancient quarian artifact, then that could actually have drawn drawn them into the. Per- but then, but that's weird though, because you should still know, like, oh, don't go to the veil. Like, why would you? What? Like, why? Why? What about the artifact drove them to decide? Like, okay, like we what, we have to return this to the veil or something. But maybe there was an. Ex- it said like return to veil. You know, big, big financial reward. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm overthinking. It just seems really strange. Like, yeah. Like, I guess I was like, we're assuming we weren't going to question it. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, we've got uh, more side quests to talk about. We'll hit them next week. And we'll also talk about the Bring Down the Sky DLC. I want to thank Jarrett for producing and editing and thank everybody at home for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip is at WD on Twitter, and you can find him here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on Wondrous Tales, talking about Final Fantasy XIV. Kurabara is at Kurabaris on Twitter and Twitch, and you can also find him here on Dropping Spicy, talking about Apex Legends. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter, and you can also find me here on WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin, talking about World of Warcraft stuff. 
Uh, that is not a fun thing to talk about lately. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons and email us your thoughts or questions at squadgoals at mash.gg. Let us know uh, how you feel about husks because you know I sure like them. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kurabara, I'm Nick. I should go. This is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. And see ya, Commander. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 